Well, somebody noticed. did because it says pronounced Katie. Yeah, you know that so. correcting is my my whole jam. So <laughs> it was Justin, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. I it did was. it for Philip, you know. Thank you. Listen, I love as Lisa knows, I love having my work edited. As, as much as any of us can predict other, you know, pronunciations, I do. You know, issues. It, I don't think that thing. counts as an edit. I think that counts as, you know, just, just a, a little, note. yeah, that's just a note. No. The footnote, like a little yeah. asterisk. Yeah, a little, Listen, yeah. I love it all. You could change <laughs> the whole thing and I would be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Murder Husbands, an in-depth episode-by-episode discussion of Brian Fuller's Hannibal, based on characters from the novels by Thomas Harris. We are Popsicle, a group of like-minded creators who enjoy getting together to have big conversations for big stories I am Philip Kelly. I'm moderating, moderating today. Uh, I'm an actor, writer. I do some comedy stuff. Uh, though I let these these uh, uh, comedians write up the the clever um, intros for everybody. I, I stay away from that. Um, I let them fight it out. Uh, but uh, these are my co-hosts. These are this is my popsicle team. Um, we got Justin Penniston here, who is the writer of Hunter Black Comics, um, a free web comic, which if you haven't read is pretty incredible. And he's also the writing on uh, Sonic Prime for Netflix. Hi, Justin. Hi, Philip. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I've got a head cold. Um, hi, Lisa K. Weber. Uh, Lisa K. Weber is the uh, writer and creator of Hex 11. She does all the amazing graphic design work for our uh, little podcast. How are you doing, Lisa? I am fine, thanks. I'm I'm the artist. Yes, the artist. Hex Eleven. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, see, uh, is the writer Kelly the writer? <laughs> I told you. I warned you. I had a head cold, so this is going to be fun. You um, and Kelly Sue have started to merge yeah, in a way, uh, in much a way, like Hannibal and Will. In a way, exactly. In a way, exactly. Uh, yes, and then yes, the you writer two are comic husbands. <laughs> yes, we are. Love it. The truth. Uh, Kelly Sue is here as well, as you just heard her say, it, it's it's true. Um, she is the artist of Hex, no, she's the writer of Hex yes. 11. Um, I'll happily be the artist of Hex 11. <laughs> right? She's, you know, Lisa's yes. great at it. Yeah, she's great at it. Just, uh, do, just do one issue of Hex 11 where you switch roles and let's see how that, I would love to see what that is. Oh like, man. I can say Five for pages. my part, that'd be terrible. It'd just be uh, one big picture. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and then we've got Claire Thorne, uh, who, who uh, is the cross-stitching goddess among us. Uh, uh, Geek's Guide to Cross-Stitch Journeys into Space. Check out her um, her book. How are you today, Claire? I'm good. Anybody want to switch roles with me? And I can teach cross-stitch. I would end up with too many nice. like like thumb injuries, I think. That's not, it is no. very stabby. Yeah, it Same. is. Same. Um, my hands are too precious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, before we dive into this discussion of uh, Kaiseki, uh, we're going to have Kelly, Sue, and Claire take us through uh, a recap of the episode written by our very own Kelly Sue. And the season opens with a bang. More accurately, with some stunning knife throws, punches, and a beautifully choreographed fight between Jack and Hannibal. Not so fast. We have to jump back 12 weeks to Jack and Hannibal sharing a beautiful Japanese meal while Will sits wrongfully in prison. Some friends. Miranda Hobbs, AKA Katie Purnell, shows up to let Alana and Jack know that their department is a fucking dumpster fire. 
Lana issued a report that aired all the dirty laundry. And finally, Jack is like, yeah, that's actually all true. Will is now under the care of Frederick Chilton and everything feels weird. It only gets weirder when a pair of civil workers unearth a series of badly embalmed bodies from the bottom of a river. The bodies are the work of this episode's killer, a truly heinous psychopath kidnapping, drugging, and embalming victims. Is he making human models? Is this a house of wax thing? Unfortunately, we're going to find out. As the episode (laughs) plays out, everyone seems to pay well a visit from Hannibal to Alana to Beverly. The latter visits him to get his input on this human model kidnapper guy. Even in jail, Will still has to do the FBI's job for them. Unfair! We are treated to several vision of Will's visions, hallucinations, memories, all three, each more beautiful and terrifying than the last. The most interesting being a sequence in which Hannibal, donning his plastic murder suit, forces a tube into a sedated Will's stomach, an ear sitting close by. You can run, but you can't hide from Will's subconscious. And we end on a victim of our embalmer waking up to find that he's sewn into a human mosaic inside of a silo. Unfucking real. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I gagged um, out loud when they were shoving that uh, tube down Will's throat. And I had, a, I had a very strong gag reaction to that. It was something else. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone here has ever been intubated. It's terrible. Yeah, no, no thanks. No thanks. I'll avoid that one if I if I can. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, with with this episode, um, there's a lot going on with Will Graham, obviously, uh, and Jack's claim that uh, we can't define Will at all uh, is really interesting to me. Um, watching his struggle is really interesting to me, and that you know the show continuously tackles identity. You know, obviously, Will's sort of shifting persona um and and hannibal's as well and i keep going back to in the final season of episode one with will's like overture that he keeps echoing i know who i am um and everybody sees you know just in life different versions of who we are we see versions of ourselves oftentimes through the eyes of how we think others see us um now will obviously now knows he's not the killer but he says my inner voice sounds like you i can't get you out of my head in reference to hannibal um, how well can we actually see ourselves with all of that outside noise? How much can Will, with Hannibal's voice bouncing around up in there, see himself? And what is, what is Will Graham's, what is Will Graham fighting to get back to? What does, do you think he knows who he is at this point? Is, is there a person that he can see that he wants to get back to? Um, Lisa. Um. I think that I think at this point, Will is pretty sure of himself. I mean, as much as he can be. I mean, he's always kind of living in this like he he spent a lot of time living in this cloud of uncertainty. And I feel like at the end of last season, it it just broke through. And I feel like I don't know. He seems pretty sure of himself right now. He seems pretty sure that he's right about everything um, as far as, you know, Hannibal being the killer and him being falsely accused of everything. Um, So, but I do, I do find it endlessly fascinating how much 
he and Hannibal are um, are inside each other. <laughs> um, but it's like he seems to know the difference now. It's like he recognizes this. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. <laughs> when I wrote the notes for this episode, I wrote down Hannibal and Will are inside each other and definitely used eggplant emojis. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um, <laughs> It's an energetic eggplant at the very least. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, no, but it's like, I, I, but I, but it's like, Will recognizes that it's like, yes, he's hearing his inner voice is sounding like Hannibal, but it's like, he knows that's Hannibal now. He knows it's not his own voice. And he, like, as much as they're coming together, it's like, he's still like, pretty sure of their separation, even with that whole kind of statement about how far apart they are now. But, um, God, if you can just tuck yeah. that away in, you know, like everybody just needs to practice that statement over and over. So it stays in the front of your memory. So the next time you have an interaction with someone who you really, really despise, you can whip <laughs> that out. I mean, it is the best, like we are so the light far apart. of friendship. Yes. It is oh, so yeah. mm, beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I I am in the camp that um, the will is will is pretty sure of himself. Um, but I mean, it's it's as much as anybody can be sure of themselves in this current state, you know, and like in this life and this constant grappling with who we are. Um, so I think he's as sure as he can be. And as far as like what he's fighting to get back to. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, again, we talk about the fact that we're doing this post COVID and how we relate to it in a post COVID world. So what's Will Graham fighting to get back to? Well, what are we fighting to get back to? It's like, mm -hmm. it's not, we're not fighting to get back to the way things were. We're fighting for an uncertain future. Yep. And, and Very you can well tell, put, by the way. Yeah, that is really well put. And you can tell because we're, we're fighting in ways that people don't expect and i think that's true for will as well mm -hmm. um i think that you know like the great resignation as they're calling it on npr you know is is a real reflection of the fact that people want something different coming out of the out of this situation um mm -hmm. and i think i think that i agree that will is clear now he is clear as to who he is but who he is has irrevocably changed. Like growth is a one-way street. You don't get to go back to naivete. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, Hannibal has, has changed Will forever. And I don't think Will is trying to get back, so to speak, to, to a different place. I just think he's trying to move forward and clear his name. And the ways that, in which he's going to do that are on a certain level affected by his interactions with Hannibal, by his association with his relationship with Hannibal. Um, yeah. I had a um, an interesting ping when I was watching these two episodes <clears throat> again. Um, we know that Will is 
you know, he's got this pure empathy, right? And they don't say this in the show, but we can assume that he's probably also a highly sensitive person and that he definitely has some sensory processing stuff just given by, you know, the way that he relates to the outside world and sees through things and feels things very deeply, right? Um, and my, my son has sensory processing disorder. So like all of the things that I've learned about that, I'm now are like at the forefront of my mind as I'm watching Hannibal now. And, um, I was sitting there thinking like, holy shit, he's starting to come back to himself, to a greater experience of himself and his reality because he's in prison and there's no sensory input. Like he's not overwhelmed by his surroundings anymore. He's not talking to Hannibal every day. He doesn't have Jack in his ear. He doesn't have Alana in his ear. He just has quiet. And in the quiet, he's actually able to be like, I can, I just needed a minute to wrap my head around this. And now I know what's really fucking going on. Yeah. He's got time to go fishing now, mm-hmm. which exactly is yeah. important. His, his mind palace is his own now. Yeah. 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 Because he's not constantly overloaded and influenced by the beautiful sounds of Mads Mikkelsen's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struck anyway. too by, by the idea of his recovering memory and and it's partly because I've recently been reading a book in which the main character is immortal and lived thousands and thousands of lifetimes and how eventually uh, the human mind you know obviously we don't we we just can't store everything that happens to us in our memory Mm -hmm. we overwrite things all the time so there's this watching this episode now gives me this sense again of of how will is basically a new person you know that idea that we regenerate we you know regenerate ourselves every x number of days or whatever there's also a sense of like coming into season two will is regenerated he has started a new life and the the disconnection he has from his memories and his his earlier self, I think is really prominent in this season as we go forward, sort of foreshadowing, Uh, not really a spoiler, I don't think, but it, that's really, really fascinating um, to me that he, he's, you know, working with memory. um, And I love that I, when we were talking about, you know, what is he fighting to get back to? I think the most significant thing is that he's certainly, I don't think fighting to get back to any person in particular. Um, he's, he's very clear minded. Um, I, I worry at this stage that he is too tunnel visioned on revenge and, you know, I, I almost think that, you know, getting, getting himself out of prison and clearing his name is a secondary motivation to, to affecting some sort of revenge against Hannibal. Um, but I think, it, you know, we see the scenes uh, with Hannibal and, or with Will and Alana, and I, 
I feel him starting to treat all of the people who used to be very emotionally important to him with a very Hannibal-esque sensibility. Um, So I, and that kind of breaks my heart, right? Like he's, that's part of the, this becoming that, that is happening to him that is orchestrated by Hannibal is this disconnection from his emotional relationships. Totally. Uh, yeah, I definitely I, agree with that, except there is one exception, I think. Of course and, you have to disagree. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't really kidding. disagree. I think everything you're saying is mm-hmm. true. I think that the exception that makes this rule, and it's actually freaking Philip who, you know, sort of dragged me to this realization, is his interaction with Beverly. Yeah, that's what it's I was. so yeah. genuine when she comes to visit him. Yeah. And yeah. he's so pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's like, I, I, this is the last thing I expected. And that's, right. Yeah. You know, that's because actually, she is so, you know, frank with him and open with him. You know, I'm what not I mean? asking anything from him, except well, she is the fact that she actually him. does but ask, but, for something but she's from... nakedly asking something from him. Right. She's like, look, I need this. Right. I guess know? what I meant, though, is that he's not she previously has never asked anything of him. She's right. just been there to hear and and hasn't. I think it's also significant that she hasn't attempted to tell Will what he is. I think she's always yeah. been interested right. in, in him without agenda, which right. is really, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, which is really mm-hmm. a refreshing quality in any friendship. You know, yeah, totally. And I, I can agree with your point of contention. Yes, yeah. well, I, again, I, I think it's more an addendum <laughs> than a, than a contention, but yeah. Yeah, and that's that's actually where I was going to go because that leads into our next question, um, our next topic of discussion. Uh, because part of that is Beverly's new place in this story, but it's also we finally get a scene between Beverly and Hannibal in which Beverly calls him the new Will Graham, uh, which is a great shifting of identities. Um, if we're talking about uh, Hannibal getting inside Will Graham, Will, uh, or, you know, Will Graham getting, well, you, you, the, with uh, Hannibal inside, inside Will Graham, now Will Graham is inside. They are inside, inside of each Hannibal. other. Yes. They are yes. in they each are. other. Emoji, yes. Emoji. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's let's uh, let's get, let's dig into this a little more. Let's talk a little more about Hannibal's uh, uh, <laughs> Will Graham impression, his best Will Graham suit, and uh, and Beverly's place in this. What do we what do we think about all of this? Um, uh, Kelly Sue, let's start with you. Ooh, um, I loved that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm still just stuck on a Hannibal and Will inside of each other with the implant emoji. <laughs> I need a minute to move on from that. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that at least for me, that this is a pretty straightforward moment, you know, like you're the new Will Graham. It's sort of like, well, yeah, that's kind of what he wants in a way he wants to be will he wants will to be him he wants them to be one and the same right Mm -hmm. um and this is just we talked about how phase one was complete (laughs) at the end of season (laughs) one and so now we're definitely you know getting started into phase two um and i think that you know having hannibal be the new will graham create an uncomfortable redefinition of identity for everybody beginning with you know with Beverly um, and her relationship 
to Jack. I think. Am I skipping yeah. ahead? Am I in the right? You episode? are. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard right. to know. And don't it's worry. Like... I don't worry. I it's one of my questions for the next episode. I still <laughs> stand by what I said in this episode, which yes. is it does create the uncomfortable mm -hmm. redefinition of identity for everybody. Yes. Well, yeah, and especially in Period. how um in how so Beverly says you're the new Will Graham, but he's not <laughs> and it's and as evidenced by the way Beverly interacts with him it's yeah. very different like it's yeah. not yeah she's not she's not as curious as she was like yeah. when she first met Will and, she was curious and also Hannibal has a hard time separating his own agenda yeah. from you know it, it, he he can't give himself up enough to actually be the new Will Graham like yeah. he gets to play being Will Graham, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, he's still trying to, you know, to screw up the, the FBI's efforts, you know, and yeah. do his own thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, and, also true and of Will. You, when Will yes. steps into Hannibal's shoes, you can't help but just be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you. You're so bad. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's that's how I feel about, you know, Hannibal and Mads Mikkelsen getting to play these moments of being like pretending to be uncertain or pretending to be confused or bumbling or or yeah. out of sorts um it when Jack tells him that he's never seen anything like this before they go oh god the crime scene and it's just oh no oh, now we're, oh, we're in episode so two again we're, we're in episode two again damn it, yeah. damn it. Yeah, it's tough Whatever. to separate these ones. You can't I, separate these episodes. But I, I do feel um, like he's he's playing his best uh, Christopher Reeve, Clark Kent in some of these scenes. Yes, uh, I, I, yeah, I see that. Exactly. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. Here, I have a question I because this is how I felt the first time I watched it. And now I don't know how I feel about it watching this like for the third time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> is because I, I always felt like there was this, an element of Hannibal cannot get to where well it will is. He doesn't have that same uber empathy. So he's, you know, unavoidably going to make some wrong calls that don't necessarily fit with his agenda. They're, you know, mm -hmm. like it's it sort of, I don't want to say humanize this because I don't think Hannibal is de depicted as human, but right. it sort of brings him back down to earth just a touch. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think I, I yeah. saw him taken out of his element a little bit, and and he was trying on a, a new person suit that he wasn't used to, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. And and he's. I thought uh, he was trying it on with a plum, though. Like I, yeah, I had, yeah, like totally. he really wanted to wear it. Yeah, I think and, so. Like, really, yeah, like enjoying it. it. When he's talking yeah. to the Maurier in this episode, he's like, he's giddy about it. He's yeah. like, mm -hmm. I got to be Will Graham. I got to do this. Like, I got to see mm -hmm. death through his eyes. And there's like a, mm -hmm. a genuine sort of childlike thrill because he's yeah. experiencing something that I don't think he has really before. And that's empathy. Yeah. <laughs> or at least what he thinks, <laughs> what he thinks empathy could possibly feel like. Right. Yeah. yeah. An well, approximation that, of empathy. Mm -hmm. I think that we know at this point that if, you know, Hannibal's going to do anything he's not going to like half-ass it. He's not going to like <laughs> halfway try to be Will Graham. Right. He's going to go all the way in as best he knows how <laughs> and see what happens. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm not mature I chose the words very to not say. <laughs> I chose those words. Oh my goodness! Uh, carefully. Um, I have to ask a question that is off topic entirely because I'm desperate to know how what Phil's reaction was specifically to the opening scene of this Ooh. episode in this season because it is a jarring scene to well, say the least you know i, I was um, certainly and i just wanted to know is it. what yeah. happened to him yeah I, yeah well I, I i mean my first reaction was to take a look and make sure i was on the right episode like three times uh <laughs> i was like wait a second am i really on the right episode wait 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 i mean this I'm, i was and i was trying to think about when breaking bad first came out because this was a thing breaking bad did often never seen breaking bad so careful with spoilers no they just use the same sort of storytelling device where they show something later in the season Mm. at the in the very first moment so i mean it's it's the Mm. same sort of thing and i'm trying to calculate in my head when this was out along with breaking bad or um but uh, at the same time, yeah, yeah, the same roughly time. The same time was, but... I feel like this was before Breaking Bad. But again, I've never watched it. So yeah. I don't have that same yeah. context. No, I, so. Breaking Bad was Breaking Bad came out first. But mm-hmm. I think Breaking Bad mm-hmm. ended right as this was yeah. Yeah. happening. Yeah. So they were both kind of like living at the same time. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I love that sort of storytelling device. I think it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it really brings you in and um makes you wonder why Jack is going all AWOL off by himself, seeking uh, some sort of revenge uh, of some kind, it looks like. Um, but uh, yeah, on that note, uh, before I look at any of your faces, we're gonna go to a quick break and uh, we'll, we'll come right back uh, with some more uh, beautiful insights from my beautiful co-hosts. Uh, all right, we're back. Um, now, the, there's some insane shifting of genre elements in this episode. You have that great scene between DeMarier and Hannibal, which is kind of a perfectly laid out film noir scene from the way it's written to the way it's shot with the, you know, the low camera angles on Hannibal, which remind you of like uh, some John Huston style directing. Um, but we also and get that. Also, how Badia's hair is perfect. Yes. Always. There's yes. never yes. hair out of place. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very film noir. Um, but we also get that fantastical uh, hypnotization scene with Alana Bloom and Will Graham, you know, who sees her turning into an ink black version of herself, which in some ways reminds me of how he kind of sees Hannibal's shadow self, which is a weird subconscious thing for him to be doing. Um, so let's talk about these shifting genre elements. Let's unpack the dream scene, maybe. And I mean, are there any other production standouts uh, or points, uh, production st- what did I write here? Also, is there anything else? From, <laughs> is there anything else from a production standpoint that caught your eye in this episode? Since I can't yes. seem to form a proper sentence. Yes, Kelly Sue. Me. The entire <laughs> sequence of the the way that the uh, that we see the memory that Will has of the tube mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. that seemed like a completely brand new style of. Yes. It's totally different from all of his other visions, mm-hmm. all of his other dreams. Nothing about it is like poetic or symbolic. It's literally just like, this is happening to you. It's traumatizing. <laughs> it's, it's traumatic. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, yeah, way more visceral. Point of view. Like, yeah, so many of Will's visions have this glowing cast to them mm-hmm. that make them very beautiful. Yeah. This did not. 
Yeah. There was no beauty in this. It was, this it was also, black and white too, right? Yeah, it is black and white. Yeah. This is also yeah. the first time that it's not a vision per se. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we're meant to think this is a memory, you know, and yeah. I think yeah. that was a, a, a very deliberate stylistic choice, you know, mm. and mm. I mean, Hannibal has always been filled to brimming with certain noir characteristics. Sure. You know, um, an argument could be even made that in some ways Hannibal fills the femme fatale role. You know what I mean? Like yeah. dangerous and mysterious and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's always had these really crazy, dreamy, oneric qualities that I love. Yeah. And yes. I think that we're leaning more into a noir um, aesthetic, so to speak, in this season. Because, you know, one of the, if there's a single defining quality about noir for me, it's that nobody is that good a person in the story. You know, even the hero is kind of shitty. Sure. And we're now having a Will who has been, like I said before, irrevocably transformed by Hannibal to a certain degree. He's not an innocent anymore. And his motivations are much more personally driven you know um so he's not as good as once he was so i think there's a deliberate need you know to to lean into noir elements a bit more yeah um without ever backing off of the purely fantastical elements that they use to tell this story i mean they've always you know it's always had a a, a sousant of the <laughs> uh, of the supernatural of, of of fantasy to it you know mm-hmm. i mean partly because it's brian fuller and i don't know partly because it's fucking cool you know <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well and i think i think the scene that fantastical scene um with alana it that's a gorgeous scene number one and two mm-hmm. it is a wonderful way of melding how the conflicting feelings he must have for about her now because she does mimic the the you know how he's the the Chesapeake Ripper you know character that that stag person um, and Will has to associate Alana very heavily with Hannibal. She's the person who brought Hannibal into his life. She is still Hannibal's champion of you know Hannibal is is not at fault um and having an emotional um near romantic you know wanting thinking he might you know love this person that is terribly terribly conflicting confusing for it to be visually represented in that way where she looks something like this horrible figure that is Hannibal in Will's mind but yet be flowing and love just different and sexy. lovely and this, yeah no. like, he was a, like she was a little sex creature you know like she became sex right and in she... that moment and like for him to envision it that way and have her take on this kind of shadow hannibal look mm-hmm. like and have it be so so compelling in that way so like oh I want and I think his reaction is to the fact that he realized in that moment he feels what he has not yet acknowledged in his you know the top of his head right he feels the 
sexual, emotional, romantic urge and pull toward that darkness, which may become something eggplanty yeah. down the road. Yeah, right, no, it is right. it is the seed of an eggplant in the garden? No, uh, I, I absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm... Anyway, at least he was troubled by that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying. I apologize, Kelly Sue. But you, you bring a question, which is a little a sidestep topically. Um, because, you know, in the first season for Will, the Raven Stag, and that, you know, that whole imagery represented the copycat killer. <laughs> Have we reached a point, and I, I genuinely don't know, I'm asking, do they know that the copycat and the Chesapeake Ripper are one and the same? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Because they're right now they're pointing, they're they're putting all of the copycat stuff on Will. On Will, but not the Chesapeake Chesapeake Ripper stuff. stuff, Right. But what I'm what uh, I'm asking about Will making that connection. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't think he has. Does Will Will knows that Hannibal's the copycat? Does he know that Hannibal is the Chesapeake Chesapeake killer? Um, and honestly i don't remember either like that's a and that's a interesting connection you know yeah i don't are you think... we're talking about i'm assuming we're talking about not generally like in the broad you know stroke of the story we're talking about right now yeah right now, right now in the story, yes does he know i, yeah, I, I don't like remember i, I don't actually remember. still don't he's know made cor- he i feel like he's he made correlations in the first season like oh this copycat killer is behaving like the Chesapeake River or vice versa right but I don't think he necessarily like drew the straight line between the two I can't remember but we're all in a state of not remembering yeah. <laughs> yes yes that's what it really comes down to we need a hypnosis we'll be... section with Alana to well, remember let, let me say this I'll like... do a hypnosis you know <laughs> session with Alana Shoot. yeah me it's, too it's uh peach it's on... emojis <laughs> we're gonna yeah. we're... We're going to move on to exquisite corpse here. Um, I, I will say really quick that it's dangerous to have uh, hypnotherapy sessions with someone that you're romantically interested in. Uh, Speaking from experience, in, any, any sort of psycho, <laughs> any sort of psychotherapy stuff. It, it. Uh, but hypnotherapy it feels like this isn't the something that we can just move on from. I want you to know. Yeah. That. Like, we're, we're gonna let us move on. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Everybody. Uh, wow, that was um, a. Here we we go. will be picking this up later mm-hmm. well we'll see here is a taste of a delicious meal that i will not share <laughs> <laughs> hey hey hannibal does it all the time um so don't uh, but right now plant sell up if we don't let us eat on that we're gonna we're gonna go over to our exquisite corpse segment uh which lisa is going to be taking us through <laughs> for the exquisite corpse segment um so i know that in the next episode this tableau in the silo this human mural in the silo is identified as being an eye um when we first see it at the tail end of this episode i do not i didn't see an eye i saw like i saw like a sunburst and so that kind of like kind of got me going down the path of like it actually looking like a solar eclipse. Um, 
And so I kind of wanted to like dive into like the symbolism of the sun and the moon and what eclipses kind of represent. And especially in regards to this show in this episode, um, because like generally speaking, like the moon is representative of like the subconscious um, and dreams and like the inner life. And the sun is more representative of like our outward desires and goals and the kind of like external self we project. Um, and eclipses are usually like, they're like these portents of change and transformation, which I found really interesting because that's exactly what's happening between Hannibal and Will right now. Um, that, you know, they're inner selves and outer selves are kind of like passing by each other and like transforming um from knowing each other um I also kind of liked the tie of like the skin and talking about like the skin as like these brush strokes like a color palette um, and so much in this episode, we talk about Hannibal and Will being inside each other, like wearing each other's skins. So, um, like, oh, and I want to, sorry, Kelly Sue. Kelly Sue has the ultimate theme song <laughs> for Kelly Hannibal and an Will. Agreement aneurysm. She's, she's <laughs> so Kelly Sue has the ultimate theme song for <laughs> Hannibal and Will, and I'm not going to steal that thunder, but this definitely got me thinking that their theme song for this episode is Total Eclipse of the Heart. Totally. Think about it. <laughs> totally. Every now and then I fall apart. Do you know the origins <laughs> of that song? I should, but I don't. I know it's a Jim Steinman song and he's the best. Um, and he wrote but... it for a vampire musical. Wow. It is a story about, it is a song about vampires and love and shit. Yeah. Wow. It no wonder like I've loved it from the get go. It is like an emo yes. goth vampire frilly shirt <laughs> song. Yes. Come all right. Here. So, anyway, yeah. that was everything I wanted to say. And now I want to let you all express your feelings about that. I think Kelly Sue needs to fucking speak. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Okay. So, this is so perfect because <laughs> A, I mean, yes. <laughs> B, <laughs> we're actually coming into eclipse season in November and December. Oh, I knew you were going to come in with some astro yeah. shit. I'm so excited. And there are lunar eclipse and solar eclipses, right? Mm -hmm. And there's always one that kicks off the other. A solar eclipse before a lunar eclipse, lunar eclipse before a solar eclipse. And the period of time in between is what astrologers call the wormhole. So when we talk about wormholes in, in, you know, sort of like quantum theory, it is that space between moving from one place to the next in an accelerated fashion, which is kind of what we experience with Will a lot when he loses time. Mm. And also like, you know, he, his whole experience of life is totally paused right now because he's in prison. So it's like, he's this shadowed lunar experience that we have as the audience. And he's being shadowed by the very penetrating conscious energy of Hannibal, who in this mm. case would be, would be representing the sun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And then we get to be in between both of them being like. <laughs> Eggplant emoji. Totally. <laughs> Total eclipse of the heart. I wish Amazing. this was an episode. Fucking need of our... you now tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was an episode of that episode was so that we can all give penetrating as our one word description <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> anyway, um, listen, you bring astrology into the conversation and. I'm going to yeah. get pretty excited about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was killer. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to add something that is so boring and anticlimactic after everything that just occurred, but <laughs> simply that when I saw, be, I think because of the way, you know, Beverly and Will came across what they thought the killer was doing, mm. when I saw it, I, I still don't see an eye first. Mm. And I saw, rather than a sunburst, I saw a color wheel. Yeah. You know, uh, and I thought, oh, mm -hmm. you know, this is, you know, because you have the, it's not just, you know, light skins and dark skins. It's, it's a progression, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, in my head, that was a color wheel. And it's still like, I can't, I kept expecting to hear the phrase color wheel in the episode mm -hmm. and they never say it. They said color palette several times, but yeah, yeah that's, that is what I saw and continue to see. Uh -huh. I never saw the eye. Really? Immediately. I, I saw the, the color wheel also. I saw an eyeball right away. But that's just me. Mm. Um, my husband and, and the I killer share him. a vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My husband saw the eyeball and I didn't and I corrected him and said no and then they clarified that I was wrong and he was right which was disappointing <laughs> and problematic for our marriage. But what, what was it that you saw, Claire? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Claire, what, Claire, what did you see? What if is you didn't see that? an eye, what was it that you saw? I think I, more like Justin saw a color wheel and I was really tied oh, okay. into that idea of a color pal palette and thinking of it as an art, art installation mural, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I didn't initially, yeah, see. It, it, yeah, and it was hilarious because mm -hmm. he said it and I said, no, you're wrong. And then literally the next scene <laughs> of the episode we were watching, which is not this one, I think was the second one. Yeah, uh, the next one. Um, they make it very overtly clear that it's the intent is an eye, and he looked yeah. just looked at me, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. I think I and this is again, this is the beauty of art and the beauty of exquisite mm -hmm. corpses yes. is that you can read them so many different ways. Indeed. So um, the truth. Yeah, uh, there we go. The that concludes right this exquisite corpse. Gorgeous. <laughs> or can I just say real quick about the exquisite oh, corpse? I, I mean, of course, yeah, you can add yeah. to this. Yeah, just really an quick. Addendum. Uh, an addendum is that I think <laughs> I, I found it really interesting that he was choosing people based on the first way. A lot of times uh, we identify people, uh, the color of their skin. And I, I thought mm. that was uh, just talking about identity and, and, and things like that. I, I thought that was a really interesting thematic Love choice that. to kind of have on, on top of the, um, the killer's sort of the way he's choosing. I enjoyed mm -hmm. Hannibal's commentary on that. Yes. You know, yeah. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they did not leave that unremarked. Yes. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, but thank you. A very worthy addendum, Philip, to Exquisite Corpse. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, and so, yeah. Now we're going to move on to um, a recommendation, and that recommendation is going to come at us fast and strong from Justin Peniston. 
I'm not comfortable bringing things to you fast and strong there, Philip. Uh, you know, I just want you to know. <laughs> um, what you call it. So this episode and the following episode um, deals heavily, you know, like we said right at the top of the show with, you know, matters of identity, who we really are versus who we think we are. Um, and we keep referring to, you know, to someone's skin and getting into someone's skin, you know, you know, there's a reference to, you know, the cracks in the skin of your person's suit. I think it's in the next episode, but still. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really strange because just before I watched these Hannibal episodes last night, I watched Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds yeah. movie. Nice. And still haven't seen it. <laughs> is it it's, streaming? It's great. It's fun. rentable. It's mm -hmm. streaming. Good. It's rentable streaming, which is what we did. And um, it, uh, it sort of taps into, you know, those questions of identity and what is it to be a person, you know, to me, those are the big themes that are prevalent in the Blade Runner films, you know? Mm. And mm -hmm. Free Guy is like, what if Disney Pixar decided to tackle those themes and make like Blade Runner 3, but not, you know? <laughs> And amazing. Like I I enjoyed the film. I was really like, oh man, there's some strong themes here. This is, you know, and it's it's really it's done pretty effectively, but it's also done, it's it's definitely a Ryan Reynolds movie, and it's definitely uh you, you know, um, it's definitely way more kids friendly, even though you know there's plenty of cursing and a few you know sexual innuendos in it. Um but it was a surprisingly engaging film i enjoyed it you know it's not a great film but it's a it's definitely worthy of a watch and if you like that sort of disney aesthetic and the way they explore themes you mm. know even though this was it didn't start off as a disney film it definitely became one through acquisition mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it's uh I, it, it's an intriguing film and i think also there is something to be said for movies invading the franchise space you know but mm -hmm. not necessarily being a part of, but still being something relatively new and fresh you know not you know something that feels like it uses that mcu slash star wars aesthetic but is you know something new and they even have this discussion about something new versus sequels and, you know, and franchises in the film, which, you know, makes it deliciously meta. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed Free Guy. I think that is a worthy use of your two hours and, you know, six bucks of rental, you know, yeah. so. Love it. I likewise loved it. I thought it was pretty great. Love is a strong word. Love is a strong well, word. Love is a, <laughs> I love, love is you. I love, love you guys. Love I is liked an, free guy. As an enjoyment. <laughs> as an enjoyment. I loved it as an enjoyment. Um, with that minor disagreement between Justin and I. Mm -hmm. I um, was like, we couldn't. We, we couldn't. couldn't. I, again. Not have no, one. He loves it and I agree that he loves it. I just didn't. I was simply saying, let me be clear. You know, my so what you're that saying hard. is that you agree that Philip is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna sorry, I was needing that just for my own. That you are right. <laughs> <laughs> Double negative. 
But we, <laughs> for all you listeners, we, we needed that to feel like a real Murder Husbands episode. Um, as we've come to the end of this one, uh, so you can totally join us for the one next week um, as we tackle murder, as we tackle Hannibal uh, season two, episode two. Um, and, and make sure to listen to our other ongoing show. That episode was, we just uh, covered Why the Last Man. Um, go binge that, watch that. And we'll be covering The Expanse um, when that hits here in the next few weeks. Um, you can also help us by subscribing, sharing, and leaving a nice comment, unlike what Justin likes to do for me. Follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social media platforms or sign up for our newsletter at popsiclepod.com. <laughs> Sorry. For all upcoming and ongoing podcasts uh, and related info. Uh, info's typed twice there. I, it's funny because, Justin, you said it twice the last time and I had info to edit. Info. Yeah, I had, I, had, I had to edit out one of your infos before uh, on the sound, which is funny. That's been fixed. <laughs> Follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social media platforms or sign up for our newsletter at popsiclepod.com for all upcoming and ongoing podcasts and related info. That's P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Until next time, don't forget to turn off the oven. This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.